0: Welcome everyone to episode 11 of the Coding Rehab podcast. I'm Dave Taylor and uh, this is Amir. Hello everybody.
1: How are things going Amir? Going very very well. I yeah. had a, a nice session today in Haskell. Awesome. Trying to, to get some I.O. going on and that's that was a very uh, mind-opener when you need to to, like play with the AoB is fine, but now when you need to start really doing it, And depend uh, on it. Yeah, yeah. So is this in relation to the the project
0: we've been writing, uh, uh, the continuous integration program, or is it something different? Yes.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's the idea. Very cool.
0: Well, uh, I'm excited to see it. So we've briefly, I believe, talked about DSLs in a previous podcast. Um, but I don't think we narrowed it down to kind of the the pros and cons of using a DSL versus not using one. Um, so, what, I guess, what are your initial kind of thoughts of why why to use a DSL?
1: So, well, f- first of all, uh, let's uh, uh, put uh, out there what we think uh, a DSL is. So, at least uh, we all start from the same. Uh, point okay uh d s l domain specific language is the idea to either uh write or use the language that uh you have to um write some kind of uh functions or some kind of syntax that represent uh the domain that you're working with right. for example if um it's a bank, you will have, um, functions to do deposits, to do transactions, to move uh, money around and the concept of money or currency and things like that will be something common. Right. And, um, I do think that, uh, that being able to talk in, in those terms in that kind of high level is uh, is quite a bit of benefit when when you see that code when, when you look at your source code and you see all those uh, concepts in there that you can easily translate to a business rule or to a requirement and see that it's implemented I, I think that it gives you a lot of uh, confidence right, right. in what you're doing. Um. However, uh, the that that doesn't come cheap. Right. It's uh quite uh, a bit of effort to to have all that uh in in writing and also to make sure that it's uh uh it's kind of sound and makes sense so what is the maybe in your career or, or example
0: what's the best experience that you've had with a DSL
1: the the is it the the best or the worst yeah maybe the the best so something that worked
0: the the best application in your experience uh of using a DSL
1: uh for me I would say that one of the first that I saw that had something like that was um the uh like uh the, the, the Ruby uh make the 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 rake library for Ruby. Right. I I thought that was a great, great example of uh how to write uh a DSL for tasks. That uh, are repetitive and and you don't want to do custom customizations all the time. So I think that that captured very well uh, the whole uh, environment and development and deployment, and right. it was very easy to work with compared to I don't know Maven or
0: right.
1: um, try try to do the same thing in. And C-sharp was much more complex.
0: <clears throat> so it seems like, and this is just me postulating a little bit, um, the purpose of a DSL is to take something that you're potentially going to repeat a lot and just abstract it to something that you know or that you're kind of familiar with. Yeah. Is, is that a good uh, description? So for us, you know, we use a lot of database interaction or database queries, and so instead of writing new insert or delete statements or primitive string types and things like that. We just create a DSL that represents
1: it. That's right. And uh, that that simplifies quite a bit writing a a modification to a database that otherwise uh, becomes just string manipulation this way. Uh, You have uh, functions that validate what you want to do, that capture special cases, that let you um, repeat and abstract in in a way that otherwise is very hard to maintain. Yeah, and I think the worst type of error I ever want to
0: see is something related to a database. (laughs) I almost never uh, intuitively understand what's going on until I keep trying it, until I fix the problem. but. Uh, a DSL for us has helped us uh, eliminate those errors by saying these are the things we normally use, and so just use them again. You know, instead of writing all new sets of code to interact with the database, just pull from these libraries. You know, that's this, right. This set and so you don't. You either catch it once and fix it, or um, or don't use potentially dangerous stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah and keeps you sane when when you look at it right well what would you say david it was uh, your worst case using a dsl
0: oh uh, it wouldn't it be it would have
1: to be something that was like on accident
0: so not intended to be a dsl um <laughs> let's see you know i i think it would have to be when i was working on um Uh, aircraft in Seattle. So I worked at at Boeing and we had a lot of like, uh, this would be more macros, but we had like a library of uh, things that helped us deploy, you know, onto like a subsystem of an aircraft and it was just incredibly confusing. So the terminology to the aircraft engineering is complex on its own self. And so, Um, creating a DSL for it might have helped us a little bit write code against, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was still very confusing. So um, I also wasn't there long enough to be able to probably learn as much as I should, but I never felt like it helped me move quicker. So bad example, because no one can really relate with it, (laughs) (laughs) but that was, I don't know. I
1: I was thinking maybe about uh, Maven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mean like, like
0: uh, writing pom file, pom file yep. stuff? Or, okay.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I I don't think we're arguing how powerful it is or anything like that.
0: Yeah. You know, so if we go down that road, I will say so. I think Gradle is a powerful tool, like you're saying. But I have spent days, like literal days, trying to figure out what why is it not working. You know. Uh, like, no, I'm not even kidding you. I think when we were trying to deploy to our own custom archiva that I was spent a full day just figuring out why it's not working and it's, oh, it's because Gradle has two runtime states or some or something. I, I can't remember because we don't use it, with it anymore, but it was just not understanding that. Uh, that being said, I don't really see anything better in the Java world than Gradle, so...
1: Um, yeah, I know there's uh, Ivy, but uh, I I haven't tried it. Me neither. So there's hope. There's hope that there's something. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think so, and uh, I must try it now. Yeah?
0: You can't try it now, because then we will remove all hope that there is a good build system in the Java world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I think different communities there um also have different speeds in terms of uh, that this is uh something that we really need or this is uh, something now that we need to keep for compatibility and if we break it then everybody needs to learn Gradle and for some reason that's a uh, um a big issue <laughs> and right. so they they stay with Maven. Well, you know, uh, this is slightly tangential, but the thing with
0: Gradle is I think there's a time and a place for dynamic languages. And for me, it's not in my build system. Like, I mean, it's fine, but I never got any benefit from Gradle's, uh, what's it called? Can't remember what the language is called. Groovy. Groovy. Yeah, I didn't see really any benefit from being able to declare dynamic types. And if anything, I would have appreciated a hard error in the beginning. <laughs> so <laughs> let me, hey, let me defer that to my code, but for my build system, just tell me what's going on, please.
1: <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, F Sharp has a build system uh, called a uh, Fake. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, because F Sharp, you can use it as scripting too. Okay. Uh, it's still, still static, but. Uh, you have uh, FSX files that you can just run there, and the uh, fake will let you like define all your types, all your builds, and will complain when you don't have the right uh, the right target and stuff like that.
0: So I have a dream vision for being able to query an enterprise network, like a database, and this uh-huh. is my my perfect ideal opportunity to create a DSL meaning yeah. I match DSL to types of things that I want to query. Uh, you know what? So say it's like Vips, you know, and I want to see what Vips have certain properties so oh, in a, wor- a world where I got tons of, tons of money <laughs> to start <laughs> to build this thing. Uh, I think that that's the bet my best experience is yet to come with a DSL
1: and uh if we would have to let's say to the, let's imagine that uh new new developers are are listening to to us and they say okay but how, how can i tell how how can i tell that uh i'm i'm in the right path writing a dsl or let's i start writing and i should abandon this because uh uh there's no point well, what what kind of guidelines we we could give
0: them um so my off the cuff guideline is: Is it more helpful to have a a I guess distinct set of functions or primitive types? Not really primitive types, but types uh, to interact with this code. So, is it more helpful than just writing it uh, with the programming language you have? You probably have a better example. <laughs> better, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I
1: I would say that uh, the the DSL uh, experience. I would hope that, uh, for example, when we we started to use it for the database, um, the the benefits were were uh, very quick to, to show. Yes, and that that's what that encouraged us to to keep going, and we say okay. Now that we modeled what types uh, we can insert, Mm -hmm. um, then we say, okay, should we uh, start defining every possible combination and try to make it validate? And that's the trade-off that we decided, uh, no, this is going to be convention and we'll put it in the readme, in the documentation, but we're not going to bother to to go beyond that. And I think that that's a healthy balance to to keep in mind that so, go- uh, the dsl should work for you and not the other way around
0: totally i see you said it better than what i was thinking <laughs> is it helpful was what i said but it, essentially uh quickly you should be able to see its value and if you yeah. don't then don't do it anymore uh, because exactly. there's no
1: and, point and, and it's totally fine to explore to try to see and uh, it's okay to to say okay uh I won't call it defeat, but I would say, okay, it didn't work this time. Uh, The the abstraction maybe wasn't there yet. And it's fine.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: So, uh, in staying true
0: to the title of this podcast, uh, DSL versus no DSL, we've obviously shown our bias for the ways that DSLs can be useful. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like we just described it, but Basically, we prefer not to use a DSL whenever it is more complex than um, when it's ever anything above being trivial, correct?
1: Totally. And uh, I think maybe a good example of this is trying to write a DSL to actually do uh, SQL statements. Right. When uh, abstracting the SQL statement is so hard that we always end up with SQL, so...
0: In it, no matter
1: what. Yeah, so maybe the DSL in that case is, is not about uh, hiding it, but just making making it easier to digest. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we use the uh, Honey SQL library. Yep. And that's uh, almost like writing um, SQL, but being in closure and uh, having uh, functions that help you out and using a single-threaded macro to compose, it, it makes, um, like uh, today, I had to share it with somebody that doesn't do closure, and he didn't have any issues to understand what kind of query we were writing. Right. And uh, that's a lot to say, that go and do that, within did hibernate or hibernate, and I don't think you can.
0: So, um, oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and th- I think that's a good example of, being too complex right hibernate in my opinion is like adding too much uh overhead to your code base where you yeah now so instead of just understanding pretty simply out of the gate what it's doing you're having to learn like library specific um domain knowledge so like if, if i jump into a hibernate project i'm usually like where are these methods coming from? You know, or how is this mapping? And you got to spend time learning the DSL, the this library. So, uh, but that brought up another interesting point for me of the uh, yet another value of a DSL. Um, <clears throat> so, if you're writing DSLs for your database queries and you find it difficult, there's a good chance that the design of your database is too complex <laughs> or incorrect you know if you're finding that uh, a pretty simple dsl can't uh, cover you know at least 95 percent of your queries and it makes it makes writing the dsl no longer worth it uh, another uh, issue could be that your design is off
1: yeah t- totally and uh, uh, that's reality yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the d- fighting, fighting reality is uh, completely a moot point. So I couldn't agree more. Definitely. So, um, yeah, I'd say the uh, other,
0: you know, some of the trade-offs you go with when you move away from the no-DSL approach are just uh, further abstractions that might be a little more difficult to understand, uh, although that's not the goal. And then um, uh, just adding more 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 functionality to your code, so. But I don't necessarily think that's a horrible thing.
1: <laughs> so,
0: um, I think that we've kind of elaborated as, as uh, to the extent of our knowledge of you know the trade offs of, of choosing a DSL, um, and uh, we got a
1: couple more things to talk about. But uh, um,
0: I think that wraps it up for episode eleven.
1: Yeah. I, I think so, and I would recommend or give advice and say that uh, first of all, try to find uh DSLs that you like. Definitely, uh, that uh, examples of uh, of uh, solving a problem that you you think is a good idea and that inspires you, right. and then uh, I think uh, if you have a few of those with you. Uh, when when you're already looking at code, you can start thinking maybe this is a macro that that could help me out, and uh, maybe uh, after repeating in a while, it will come to you. Because uh, though I started with the idea that we need to go abstraction first, I remember uh, when when I was a very young developer, it took me many years to realize that it is very hard to abstract something that you haven't done at least two or three times.
0: Definitely. Um, And, you know, with the accompanying blog, we'll have to highlight some of our favorite DSLs just to give a good example.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. See you next time.